0: going. Yeah, good man. We've got six questions here. I've got four that are quite similar from the comments section as well when I put the post out yesterday, I think. Um there seems to be a little bit yeah. of a theme with them though. Um where they're all just about cold, cold messaging. Um but more importantly how, how right. are you doing how are you doing first and foremost?
1: Yeah man I'm doing good. I'm happy to do this live. I haven't done a uh, a live Aside from yesterday, I did one yesterday. I joined. I joined one, but other than that, it's been like months since I've done one. So, uh, and I really enjoy them too. I love doing Q and A live. So, I'm happy to start doing them again because I've always enjoyed it. I just don't know how I've gone so long without doing one. I see you doing them a lot too, and I like it. Yeah, I'm joining well, back.
0: Yeah, I love. I love doing them because it's just a good way to you're meeting people in public, aren't you? It's like pu- public networking, and you always form good connections and um yeah. I know we we did a good one with Bruno that you couldn't make. Bruno called it the sale the Instagram Sales Kings or whatever it was with Bruno I um, watched Tyler that I watched Alex. that. <laughs> yeah, you jumped on it. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good one. It was a good one. So we should I do another that, one. One
1: that was the day that was New Year's Day, right? So I was I was I was out at night. Yeah, and I surprised you guys, you know, where you wanted to do it right in the morning for me would have been uh the day after New Year's.
0: Oof yeah bad timing yeah i don't blame you for ducking out of that one man <laughs> yeah i couldn't make that one man <laughs> um <laughs> Not surprised. let's jump into it then man um let's, let's go. do it so let's go with best way to identify high ticket prospects on instagram from harrison good question cool you want me to go first or do you want you to yeah, go for it, man, and then we'll just build or if you if you cover it, we'll just go to the next one, to see how it goes.
1: Yeah, we could each just share our insights on it. I know we both have some I mean, I'd like to think I have some good insights, but let's see. So high ticket. What was one more time? Can you pop the question up or it doesn't work that
0: way? Um, I have popped it up. Can you not see it?
1: I can't see it. I see everyone's comments though. So anyone commenting, I see all the comments, but I just can't see the question. So that's fine. That's all good. Um okay. but yeah, so what, what what was the question? How to get high ticket
0: just to identify them just how to identify okay. high ticket prospects particularly specifically okay. on insta
1: okay cool thanks job masters it's pinned perfect um how to identify high ticket uh clients i'd like well first off you got to sell a high ticket product high ticket service um and you got to really know what what it is so the first step is selling a high ticket service and or a product, and then you can go about identifying the clients. But again, the the best way, and I talk about this a lot because really, in my opinion, it's the most effective and to be honest, only way to do it is understand what specifically is the problem that your product, your high ticket product or high ticket service solves. And Mm -hmm. to go one step further to really establish um, and understand how high ticket it can be is How much is the problem that you solve costing an ideal client? And I'll give you an example of that. Um, Let's say you're, let's use our our niche, okay, sales, for example. And we have, uh, let's say we help people increase their sales conversions, right? Let's say they get 100 leads a month and they close 10 of them, 10%. If they were to work with, let's say, one of us, we can get that up to I don't know, let's just say for this sake of conversation, 40 or 50. Um, mm-hmm. So basically every month, that problem of not being able to close sales, let's say cost them 40 sales um, because we could get them from 10 to 50. Um, what's the value of that? Let's say each of them are, they sell a $500 product or services. Um, what's 40 times five? I don't know off the top of my head. It's like $20,000. Maybe it won't be that much, but whatever it is, um, understand how much is the problem costing your ideal client that you solve once you do that and you understand that then you can go about number one you have the confidence to sell it because if your service is three hundred three thousand five thousand dollars whatever it is and you know the problem you're solving costs you cost them ten twenty thousand dollars you have the confidence to sell that right because that's a that's a lot of value in that itself um Mm. so what you do is then you go out and you literally communicate that value so i like to say hey my name's jordan um, I'm a sales consultant. I help a lot of my clients with sales conversion. And I find that most of the time they struggle in these three areas, getting leads, really uh, uh, closing sales or overcoming objections. You know, is this something that you find you're struggling with as well? And they're either going to say yes or no. If they say no, leave them alone. They're not a client for you. You know, they're they're not, they don't have the issues that you can solve, but if they say, yes, I am, they go, okay, great. Well, tell me more. You know, you can ask them more questions about it. That will lead to a conversation where you can further qualify them, figure out if this is a real problem, that it makes sense to them to pay you that amount of money to solve it. And if it makes sense for both of you, win, win. That's how you, uh, you find high ticket clients.
0: Mm, What do you think? I like it, man. Um, for me. It's, Instagram's really, really hard to actually identify an audience of, I think. I think yeah. it is very, very hard. Um, you know, if you compare it to LinkedIn, dead easy, because you know exactly where they work, where they're based. You could probably find out their age, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so for me on Instagram, it was just a case of really, really high engagement, just engaging with it. You know, you, you can go on someone's profile and think, right, they, are kind of, they, they look like the right fit they look okay. like you know they're in the right location they might be the right gender they're uh, they fitting with you know the, the bio might give you a couple of pointers as to what they do if, if you know if they're serious about it they'll be talking about their business in the profile so then you've got or you could look at someone who doesn't tick any of those boxes they're not in an ideal location um they're not you know not don't specialize in what you do or, or need any look like they need any help so i would as soon as i see that on someone's on someone's bio rather than just DMing them and starting some cold outreach, I would engage with them, perhaps even follow them. Um, and yeah, just start a natural conversation rather than just trying to hit them up with, a, uh, hey, have you got any problems? But I think that bit on Instagram really, really takes time. And I didn't, I didn't take it seriously at first, but I think you'll you'll more stumble across people than be able to go out and, and have a list of, t- a targeted Instagram list of people that you, you can go and, engage or or outreach to i think it's it's a tough one it is tough but i think what's got me to the stage where i'm at in terms of having a successful program and and some amazing clients who are who are you know the perfect fit is just those conversations not being pushy whatsoever just finding out and then you know if someone tells you a problem that's when you can straight away wrap that conversation up into a a more business orientated
1: Cool, man. No, I like that. I like that. A lot of good, lot of good insights there. I think there. I think having a healthy balance. And again, this is just my opinion, of cold prospect prospecting, and then just warm inbound leads. Right. Um, <laughs> warm inbound leads are great. They're harder to get, but if you have a healthy balance of those coming in, cold prospecting can be really, really good if you're doing it in a lot of volume. Right. Um, and and literally, that can be straight up not talking about your product or service, but in a, in a, a way that establishes authority and expertise, when you reach out to people and you say, Hey, here's what I do. Um, you know, this is what I do for pages like yours or businesses like yours. And these are the problems I solved you have and that literally if they, and then doing that so many times, if you do it a hundred times, you might get five of them or 10 of them, which can convert into sales. Mm-hmm. Um, I found so it's a volumes game requires more effort but again a healthy balance of both is good and it's always good to to be fresh when it comes to cold prospecting. you don't want to lose that that edge uh because then that affects everywhere like if you can cold prospect and like really connect with someone that you have no idea who they are they don't know who you are um it'll it'll work and it'll it'll work in a way that helps you improve overall your entire sales process
0: yeah yeah for sure i must admit i I do a little bit of cold not too much though um it's not something i push Mm -hmm. but in my in my day job i work for an agency so i'm i I have to do cold calling but i love it it's like a sport man it's so much fun Um, no it's cool yeah (laughs) Yeah, I
1: i mean like most of them most like the thing about cold calling is it's so hard and like everyone's like most people literally don't give you the time of day but the few that do end up making it worth it so and again it's like once you get into it and you can if you can be comfortable with cold calling there's no other part in sales that will be hard like cold calling is the hardest part in sales so if you get comfortable with that everything else is easy so that's why it's important to always uh to do it
0: yeah yeah for sure um i yeah i do i think that's i completely agree with that i think it's the hardest part and once you can master that you literally you don't care um, yeah, seriously. Instagram cold is like is nothing in relation to cold calling no um, no yes yeah, so. for sure
1: <laughs> i don't like
0: instagram the, cold. Sorry, cold.
1: Cold. i don't like instagram cold i don't do instagram cold dming anymore but i think it can be effective for sure
0: yeah yeah definitely staying on that topic then because i think this might be a good question so how can we do cold dms and get the right people interested and the, what's the right sequence we should use from Digital Nomad. Um, do you want to shoot again?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, sure. It's, it's more along the lines of the same thing. It's the, so what's important to understand is when you're cold calling, cold messaging, cold DMing on any platform, it's a volumes game. Where in the sense that probably way more than 50%, probably 75%, if not more, will not even give you the time of day. So there will never be, an, I don't think there will ever be, and maybe you disagree, an effective cold calling or cold DMing script or strategy that will get you 90%, 80% effectiveness. It's just not how it's not how cold outreach works. Cold outreach is a bunch of no's and a few yeses. So um, understanding that it's a volumes game, but I've literally found that if you reach out to, let's say 100 people, Literally saying, "Hey, I'm." Um, you can say you can cold call. I like cold call, whatever. But, um, hey, my name is Jordan. I work with businesses like yours, so you, so they know that you're in the same industry and you build some familiarity there and some slight expertise. Um, and you say I work with businesses like yours, and I've helped a lot of them. Whatever it is you do, so I've helped a lot of them increase their sales conversion over 30 days. And what I found is these businesses usually always struggle with generating leads, with asking the right questions on a a sales call or overcoming objections when they get them? Are any of these relatable to you? And I think when you say something like that, again, you'll get a ton of no's, but I think it's effective because you will get the few sets of people that are so focused on solving a problem that you mentioned. Like when you say say to someone, look, my name's Jordan, I'm a sales consultant to help people increase their sales. And I find my clients struggle with, uh, let's say, uh, overcoming objections. If that's a sore spot to them and they and they have dealt with the issue of overcoming objections for the past six months, eight months, it's a problem that they're focused on solving. It means it's on the top of their mind. So usually at the very least, I found they're going to get, they're, they're going to be, uh, it's going to interest them enough for them to at least talk about it. And if the more involved they get, the more chances you are to, the more chances you have to get them onto a sales call to maybe convert them. And I found that again, it's a volume game. But if you do a hundred of them and you get ten of them that are say, "Oh, you know what?" Generating leads is, or overcoming objections uh, is something that I really struggle with. Okay, great. Like, tell me more about that. Do you find that when someone says you want you want to they want to think about it that you you just let them go and they never come back? They go, "Yeah, it's exactly what happens." You know how how many sales are you losing to that? Fifty sales. Okay, cool. You know, what's an average sale to you? Out of curiosity, it's fifty bucks. Well, this problem alone sounds like it's costing you twenty five hundred dollars or thirty or three thousand dollars a month, right? And they go, yeah, of course. Um, and then you talk it through, and they're cool. You know, I, I can give you some. I can share some ideas with you. Maybe we can hop on a call, show you how I, I I do things with with my clients, and maybe can help you work to solve this and increase your sales. You know, is that something that you'd be open to? And then if, by just doing it in that way, I know I gave a lot of information um but i found if you do it in a way that you do a ton of them a few will be at at the very least a few will be interested to say yes i know that because if someone says that to me and they hit and they they hit on one of my problems that i'm facing in my business i'm at the very least going to be interested to hear them out because i'm not Mm. opposed to paying for something if it adds a lot of value what do you think about that would you agree
0: yeah definitely definitely i mean i would probably start a little bit differently um but this again takes up more time so if it First and foremost, it's a complete numbers game, and I love the fact that you highlighted straight away. You know, ten percent, fifteen, twenty percent max response. That might just be responses. Never yeah, mind, oh, yeah, positive for sure. or negative. Like, it is a tough, tough game. You've got to remember when you when you're doing anything cold, calls or messaging, emails, whatever it is, you're interrupting someone's day. So, what can you give them straight away that's going to make them stop and go? Okay, yeah, this is interesting, or, or whatever it may be. So i I usually like to take a bit more time and if I am going cold, I will tailor my message to that person in terms of love the post that you did about X. It resonated with me, and I thought this or I did something similar, or have you got any suggestions on how I could take that further or or whatever it may be, and it's not quite as direct as yours, but if you're looking for speed, then I think yours is definitely the best the best route you know you don't need to customize don't need to tailor it. It can be a copy and paste. hey ty. Um, it can be a copy and paste job um, or you can do a mixture of both, you know, and, and just be the first message. Just be completely outright. Love, love the post about this. My name's Chris. I help businesses achieve X through my process. A lot of them struggle with this. Does that sound like you? That kind of thing um, that you yeah. just mentioned. So, yeah, I think it's I think that's that's good, man. Really, really good. Really,
1: I, I lo- like yours. Will, yours, for example, like the one that I mentioned, like I completely agree with what you're saying. The one that I mentioned is better on cold calls, right? Because with the yeah. cold call, you know, with a cold call, you're literally right out, directly right to them. On Instagram, man, I like your what you said. It it is going to be more effective. Granted, you're going to have to put more time and effort into each individual prospect, and you won't be able to reach as many people. However, I think if you can provide a few, a little bit of personalized value for every person you're reaching out to, hey, saw your poet page. Notice you do this, you know, you know, I, uh, I do this as well or here. I'm, And then you offer them whatever piece of advice that they can use to better off their situation. If you do that first, it's going to work great, I think. So, yeah, I like that way.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Another thing I, I did at the start um, and I still do it occasionally now, but literally everyone that followed me at the start, um, I would send them a message saying, thanks for the follow. Appreciate it something like that and then how's it going dead open question not everyone again even those people who followed you and obviously interested some of them still don't respond right I know. Um, so it's still hard to convert with someone that's even a little bit warmer um but that again just opens conversation there's no selling in there thanks for the follow appreciate it how's it going and then, i like
1: that man i like that i used to do that too i used to do that i used to send a voice to him i used to do that a
0: bunch did you? Yeah. Just yeah, not yeah. got time for it, man. When you start hitting um, more follows a day and it's like, can't do it. Yeah. So, but you can cherry pick. You know, if you see someone, you know, I, I sell to coaches, consultants. If I see someone who I think relevant to my offer, I'll de- always drop them a message.
1: 100%.
0: 100%. Let's look at this next one. So someone's asked about scripts, but I think we kind of covered that. I hate scripts, but pointers are good and oh. frameworks are good. Um, here we go, James Keats. Hey, James, um, my girlfriend Ashley sells high-end men's clothing. How can she close more sales with Kales?
1: High-end clothing. So we got <laughs> we got the fashion industry. Is is he here? What's who? Who sent that question? James Keats.
0: James James.Keats. Keats.
1: James Keats. Are you in here? Oh, he's you here. He's are. right here. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, James. Um, okay, so fashion on. Um, so what I don't like about like the clothing industry or even the fashion industry is you're not exactly solving a problem with the product the the piece of clothing that you're selling so it's really about creating an emotional desire in terms of well it depends on what you're selling really but if you're selling clothes like everyone's got clothes right so that basic need is fulfilled of um in terms of that, just having clothes, right? So, with selling high quality clothing, I think you really have to sell to that emotional side of how they would feel if they had these higher, higher clothes, yeah, higher quality clothes. Again, I know nothing about fashion, so this is this is <laughs> this is something that <laughs> really I would not like to be selling fashion wear, purses or anything. But I really think if you you sell to the emotion as to how they would feel. Having luxury clothes, that would be the best route to take. What do you think, Chris?
0: I guess how can how do you close someone on a on a coat? I don't. I don't yeah, quite do you know like it? Like, do you like it or not? It's either is you like it or It's this an e ecom journey or is that you trying to get in the DMs? Like, do you want to buy this coat? so a little bit of a tough one Um, i think so um, i
1: think that has more to do with marketing than sales to be honest i was
0: just gonna say like the first thing i would do is try and like under if you understand who the audience is right obviously you know it's men you know it's men with budget and you might have location preferences i would then start to look at age range and sort of external um likes or hobbies that they might have and then maybe pick out a few influential mid-level affordable influential people in that industry or in that in that space or whatever it may be that you can send some products or something to and try and get them to do it organically for you you could also do do paid as well but i'm, I'm a bit unsure on how you would close someone other than like setting up paid funnels
1: yeah yeah and i think i think he might have meant in a store too but i don't know what good old james meant by that question but um... <laughs> i think you're right
0: yeah i didn't consider that one because i just i do all my shopping online so in a store, yeah. um, I would say that the thing not to do is, is walk up to someone like they do in, in the UK and go, hi, mate, you all right? And I'll just stand <laughs> there. And, or can and I like,
1: help
0: you with anything? Yeah, can I I'll, don't worry. I'll come to you, that kind of thing. Um, but it would just be, it would be opening up a conversation. that's not like the way I do it on, on Instagram and, and when I'm networking or anything, opening up a conversation that's not related to business or sales or anything. And it's just a conversation about something else first, because, you know, if you get the person talking, they will then fall, that we will then fall into that conversation naturally. And then it can be a, a case of, yeah, exactly what Ty said, what you're mm. what you looking for. But you have to almost, even though, you know, that's still a bit of a cold approach, if you're just walking up to someone, even if they're in the store, it's a little bit warmer, but it's still that cold approach. And you need a bit of an icebreaker um, that, you can, that you can use in that situation, I suppose. yeah yeah. you know i
1: i heard this once i don't know where i heard it again i don't like retail sales because i hate selling things that are like really commodities that really don't solve a problem um Mm. that's not my style i don't like that but anyways if you're in the retail space i heard this works well uh sales guy i think it's victor antonio or someone i heard it from i think him but anyways Mm. what he said was if you're selling retail instead of saying the traditional walking up to someone going uh, hey, can I help you find anything? Everyone says no to that. Um, you just, you still walk up to them because it's good, but you walk up to them and say, hey, you know, just wanted to let you know that our best sellers here uh, are on 50% discount or giving them, that, like, that's value right there, right? Like saying the clothes that we have on this side or this pair of clothes are, have been really popular and they're 50% discounted this week. Um, if you need anything, let me know. And then you've add, you've came into that conversation. Again, ice with an icebreaker a little bit. And then that might encourage them to walk around a bit and then come back and say, hey, this guy gave me a good piece of information. Let me ask him a question. I think that's a really effective way to – again, I haven't tried it myself, but I've heard of it. I think yeah, that I, works think,
0: well. I think that's really good. Yeah, and it would also be interesting if you did that with 10 people, How many? ask her to, to count how many go directly to that part of the store probably, probably a lot discounted. yeah because yeah. i bet it'll be it'll be 70 70 plus someone 100%. or just, someone even if they come in for a pair of shoes but you say all these stone island jeans are on sale over here not that stone island do sales but um they're on they're on that rack over there they'll probably still go over there if you drop in the right brand name mm-hmm. and the 100
1: say you know this is our best seller you know our best seller over there we got it 50 percent off i'd let you know if you have any questions or i can help you find anything let me know right that's i think that's the best it sounds like that's the best thing you can do in that situation every situation is different i've never done retail selling like that but
0: no me either i think one situation i do remember though i probably wouldn't say our best seller but this is just me because i'm i'm a critical bastard um but i walked into a shop once and straight away the the guy obviously said oh do you need any help with anything like no no i'm all right just looking i had a quick look and he went Oh, I looked at a jacket and picked it up with, on the hanger uh, and I was holding it. And he said, oh, we've, we've sold about six of those today. And I was like, oh, really? And i was like, well, I don't want that then because every, everyone else is wearing it.
1: Interesting. And was like,
0: oh, no, no, we, we, we did. We, it was my, we might have only been to, oh, yeah, you've lost me there, mate. I didn't buy anything. Um, and I really like that jacket. But if I know i yeah, if I walk out into the shopping precinct and 10 other people are wearing it, some people want to be the same as everyone else, right? So that's a good way. But I would hate to, I don't want to wear the same clothes as other people, really.
1: It shows you how not one strategy will work for
0: everyone. Never. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because some people would be like, oh, wow, if everyone else is getting it, I'm, I'm going to have to buy it. And it's discounted, really. Wow. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, interesting one. But she said, uh, he said she flirts sometimes with the customers. Um, oh, does so she? She doesn't need to, but. <laughs> what work? I I will never advise that. But
1: <laughs> hey man, it's a way to sell. I think I don't know. <laughs> I don't nice. know if it'll work
0: for us. No, well, I don't know. These boobs are growing a bit. <laughs> I need to get the exercises. Well, you run um, to the gym. <laughs> I'm run to the gym. Yeah, that'll uh, we'll see. We'll catch up tomorrow. I'll let you know how it went. Yeah. Um, which tools do you use? This is a good question. Tools. Mm.
1: What does what the asker of that question mean by tools? How do you interpret that? Tools for what? Software, I would say. A telephone. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't use any tools. Instagram? Uh, my phone? Yeah. That's it. I mean, uh, Excel sheet that you just keep track of leads. But aside from that, it's not... I, I don't think... I think the... What makes, I mean, it depends what type of organization. Like if you're in a big organization, you use tools, right? But I mean, if you're just selling for yourself or a few people in the business, it's not the most important part, I don't think.
0: No, I agree. I think there are certain automations, you know, that will make your life easier. Calendly, for example. I like That's amazing. I think Calendly is good. I do a lot of organization in Notion with regards to content planning and things like that um what else do i use on um, for my day job i have linkedin sales navigator and we use a crm called hubspot um, yeah, sure. that's really good but that's expensive um even sales Navigator is expensive but if i'm doing if i want to get mobile numbers for people i use something called Lusha, l-u-s-h-a and that is a little chrome plugin that sits on the side of your your linkedin and that will pull out email address of the prospect just by going on the page. It will automatically pull that up: email, landline, and mobile. Not always right, but that's uh, that's re- that's got me through to some really really big brands, like marketing directors at big brands with big budgets in the past. Just oh, from, that's uh, cool. for a cold call, yeah. And I think there's another one called Apollo.io for LinkedIn as well. But Instagram, um, yeah. The main tools are the main tools I use are. Calendly um, mm. and Facebook creator studio and notion I think but they're not really sales the Calendly thing is I suppose um and like you say a CRM of, of some description even if it is just a spreadsheet um I have that in my in my notion because I can put a date in when I need to follow up with that person the minute I message them put them into the spreadsheet uh, in notion and then I'll put the status in there any notes and then set a reminder for three days time or you know whenever we need to speak next i think mm-hmm. that's the value of following up the value is in the follow-up because every single client i've worked with bar a couple they haven't closed on the first call I, I, i'm it's it's sad that i have to say that but not everyone closes on the first call most um, people so, don't man yeah some have been three you know asking people to spend three thousand dollars or whatever it is um it's a lot of money so no 100 percent I think that's uh, that's key, though, keeping track of people because you might think, oh, this is dead easy. Um, I can memorize everyone, but I promise you, once you're having 30 conversations at any one time, you need some form of tracker, of some description. Mm-hmm. Without um, a da- doubt. If if anyone needs one of those, you can down. just go onto Google and put um, Google Sheet CRM template or client tracker template. Play around with the words, but I think that's... Um, that's absolutely key. That's one, one tool I would recommend. Mm-hmm. How to... Where are we? Let's have a look. They're all very, very similar, these questions. Um, Let's do some objections, man.
1: Objection tips. Tips for overcoming objections. Or like some... Uh, I know you don't like scripts, but like, what do you do to overcome objections?
0: Um objections i like it i like it because you're only going to get a few you know you could get an objection depends what type of objection i mean you're going to get the an objection to a call maybe someone would say oh no i don't i don't want to speak to you or i don't want to have a meeting or whatever it may be or then you've got the buying objections as well which are obviously the more common ones that people talk about so buying objections
1: yeah I see the buying really- objections Let's yeah. see in the com- Let's see in the comments, guys. What's the most common objection you hear? And, and Chris and I will go over our ways that we handle it. Write them in the I comments.
0: Like, like you say, I think scripts scripts are really, really just they're not they're not great for this kind of thing. But I think frameworks are fantastic. So mm-hmm. I saw a post that you did saying uh, talking about isolating the objection which is very, very important. And I don't know how early on I'll try and do that that, that part. Normally, I like to just demonstrate empathy to begin with. So whatever, Give me whatever it is. An example, uh, I need to speak to my wife. Okay, cool. I will, I will say, yeah, when, I, when I'm doing something something like this or making a decision, and I'll probably try and make a joke of it at this point and just say, I have to go and speak to my wife. If I don't speak to my wife, I'll get killed. So I'll feel you on that one. Uh, and then I will I will lead into probably, it's, it's in a way, it's isolating the objection, just probing to find out if they, that is actually the, the thing by asking a few different, if that is the true objection by asking a few different questions. Um, I think the minute you can just not question the objection, but agree with them and then pose another question, Whatever that may be, I mean, obviously, we're not dealing with a specific one here, but um, it, it will be around, does your wife support you? You know, is, is she behind you in the business? Is she involved in the business? If it's something social related, is your wife a social media manager or ever worked in, in social? Because you need to try and get a grasp on how you can actually handle the objection by finding more about the blocker. And the blocker in this case is obviously the wife so i would try to understand more about her involvement in this decision then it will I'll probably move it on to like you know is she what's she bothered about is she bothered about the results that you're going to get and how far this could go or is she going to be is she the guarder of the finances and she actually will put she's going to try and put a blocker on it in terms of no three thousand dollars is too much you're not spending that money john not on a third coach this year, <laughs> whatever it may be. Um, so trying to ascertain that as well, you know, what's what's gonna what's gonna make your wife say yes, first and foremost, but not not phrased in that way. And then it's a case of really spinning it back in a couple of couple of different ways, you know. Oh, you know, would you, is your wife around now? Do you want me to have a chat with her? Once you've got that information? Or if you I would I would maybe put them on the put them on this like on the spot and just say look, I I would be the same I, but are you going to listen to your wife you know what if, if she says no what are you going to do you know are you going to pull out and and not not move forward or are you going to defy her and mm-hmm. uh, and get the results anyway because you know you will right mm-hmm. you know this is this is you it's not it's not your wife believing in me it's your wife believing in you really and then try try and put it back onto them in that scenario um depending you know depending how it goes you could even just say why do do, do wife make all the financial decisions have you not got your own money but that's a i I wouldn't go that far personally yeah what what, what do you think man i think that's a that's a loose loose sort of a framework for it well yeah i mean i for me i
1: to make it easy because really you have a there's a bunch of objections people give you. I love having a framework. Um, the a- Actually, like a framework that with one simple framework, you can overcome any objection. I'll share mine because I really think it's useful. And there's it's not pushy at all the way I see it. I don't, honestly don't even think there's anything wrong with being pushy um, because is being if you're selling something that adds value to people's lives, there's no problem with being pushy. But this isn't pushy and, and here's the, the, the uh template I like to use. So for an object the only way I'd switch it up is for the wife objection. So like for example, I'd go straight into isolating, I and I I'd empathize too, okay, cool man, like no, that that makes total sense. Um, I hear you. And then I'd straight up I i I'd straight up uh, go into saying, Well, aside from having to speak to your wife, is there any and is there any other reason why you wouldn't do this today? They'll either say yes, it's this or they'll say, Nope, it's just the wife. So if they say, no, it's just the wife, you say, okay, great. Well, let me ask you, what would you do if your wife says uh, no to this? And they'll either say, well, I'd I get started anyways. Well, great, there's your sale right there. Well, if you'd get started anyways, perfect, let's do it. Um, and But likely they're going to say, well, if she says no, I don't think I'll do it. And you say, okay, that's fair. Can I ask you, what is it they would say no to out of curiosity? Like if your wife were to see this, see the value, see what it will help you do, what would she say no to? The price may be, I mean, and they're going to say to you either the price, something, whatever it is, whatever they say, say, okay, cool. It makes sense. Look, let me ask you a question then. And this is where really the framework begins. It's a three-step process where I go, does everything we talked about in terms of the program or the, the coaching plan, the results you get, how that would look over long-term, does all that make perfect sense to you? They would say, yes. You say, okay, great. Is there any specific questions or concerns that you have about the program, about you getting these results, is there any concerns you have about that or any questions? They'd say no, because you did a great job at covering it, so they won't have any questions. And i say, okay, great. Now, let's just say, for example, we got started. I know your wife might be worried about the investment or might be worried about whatever she's worried about, but let's say we got started and in three months' time we solved this problem and here's where your business was and you paid $5,000 to get there. Would that be the biggest problem if your wife was a bit upset about it today? Likely they're going to say no to that. And if they say yes, she would, and if she would be upset, um, they'll either say no, she wouldn't be upset. I say, Okay, great. Was well, there any reason to not do it today? And when you set it up in that way, you've made it so there is no reason to say no. Everything makes sense. There's no questions or concerns. concerns. You'd be happy to get the results and pay that amount of money. Um, so there's no reason to not do it. Or you'd say, well, look, does your wife know you're having this problem? So speak to the problem they're solving. Does she support you when you're having, does she support this problem that you're having? Um, then you say, well, does she support you solving this problem? Okay, mm-hmm. great. Is That's there any reason? Line,
0: man. I think, yeah, dwelling on the problem. I love that framework, man. That's good. That was real You like it, yeah.
1: It works yeah. best, like, the, I love it with other objections too. Like, man, like, when it's too expensive, it, this is my favorite. The it's too expensive objection is the most common. And dude, there's no, there's, tell me if you think this is pushy and be, be honest because I, I don't, I, I, I've been in, I've been doing sales for a while and I don't care to be pushy. I think being pushy is actually pretty valuable if you can do it right. Um, yeah. but here's what I do. Someone says it's too expensive to me. I say, okay, great. I hear you. Let me ask you aside from the money. Is there anything else stopping you from starting? No, it's just the money, right? Um, okay, perfect. Well, look, let me ask you, does everything about the program make sense? Yes, it does. Do you have, any specific questions or concern about the program and when, what it would look like from you getting here to the results? No, it's perfect. Okay, excellent. Now let's say we did do it. I know the money's a bit, a bit, it's it's a bit on the high end, but let's just say we did it today and in three months now we solved this problem and you paid me five thousand dollars to get you there. Would that be a huge problem for you? Guarantee they say no, it would not be a problem. So okay, it's great. Seems like it's a perfect fit. Is there any reason? chris to not do this today
0: i don't think that's pushy at all no right if you just ask the you know the the back end of it on its own then yeah too pushy but within (laughs) that framework no because you're getting you're getting the buy-in all the way through like four different four different stages
1: dude that's why i love it because like you set it up in a way the series of questions that you ask they say it makes sense they say they have no concerns they say they'd be glad to spend this amount of money if you got them the results. So that is a perfect fit. That is the that is almost the best fit you can get. They're not they're not concerned and they're happy to spend the money. So is there any reason to not get started in that moment? To me, the answer is no. Um, that's why I love it.
0: Mm, now I really like it. I really like it. And that's when they'll either they'll either commit or you'll get the second objection. But you've handled the money side of things, so you can always go back to that anyway, can't you?
1: at that point if, if they do give another objection after that they've either decided early on in the conversation ne- they're never buying from you or you really did not do a good job at creating enough value that's what
0: i found yeah yeah i like that and that, at that stage i will be inclined to say okay you, you told me you're going to 10x my my revenue for whatever reason do you have a guarantee of some kind that you're able to do that And I'm always always interested when I speak to other sales coaches about their guarantees. Have you got anything in in place or any advice for anyone who's who's watching right now about having a guarantee? Yeah, man. Uh,
1: So if you are in a business, uh,
0: thank you, uh,
1: Coach Kingleo. Thank you, my friend. Um, So if you are in the business and you can provide a guarantee, you will get way more sales because it's you're assuming the risk and you're taking all the risk off your client. But not everyone can provide guarantees. So when you're selling a service, you can provide a guarantee. And the reason why, for the most part, is because the success of your client also relies on your client and it does not just rely on you. I can have a client that I do, I put in hours teaching them all the strategies strategies that I found to be most successful, and they do not put the time and effort into implement it. Well, is that my fault that they didn't see the results? No, it's their fault. Right? So from under from understanding that, what I say is, look, if I would say I'd straight I'd say to them, I say, if they ask me for a guarantee, I say the reason I'd literally tell them the reason I don't do guarantees is simply because your success relies on if you're gonna put the work in. I can give you the best strategies, the strategies I found that have been most successful to myself and my clients in growing their sales, but There's no guarantee it won't work. There's no guarantee it will work. And that's why I can't give you a guarantee. And the reason I'm saying that is because the guarantee is up to you. You can guarantee it will work or you can guarantee it won't. It depends on how much effort you're going to put in. So let me ask you, if we do this, how much effort will you put? Will you commit 10 out of 10 or will you only be like seven or eight? Because if it's a seven out of eight, you won't get the results. Which one is it? And then you put it back on them and they're going to say, well, look, I'm going to be 10 out of 10. And if they don't, it's not, don't do it. Um, but if they say, I'm going to be 10 out of 10, which they will they say, well, I'm going to be a 10 out of 10. Well, then great. Then from that perspective, if you put in all your effort, we'll, we'll, we will see those results. So what do you say? You ready to go? And that's it. I think that's a great way to overcome the guarantee without giving them any guarantee.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like that. Because I've what, only been asked for a guarantee once. and what do you have, say to, What do you say been, to the guarantee? I gave the guarantee um, because I'm, I'm that confident in it. And I said, but I'm only giving this guarantee because I can see your work ethic already. Mm. I can tell that you're putting in a lot of work. And I think with these with these extra sort of little bits of information and strategy and the materials I can provide, then yes, you are going to definitely get your money back probably within a month, never Ooh. mind the whole the program. Um, but that said, as Sahan just said, I put a conditional a, a conditional guarantee in place. So I put a condition in there in there that they have to adhere to, rather than just saying, "Yeah, you're going to work with me with three for three months, six months, whatever it is." I'm going to spend hours. You know, you will get in in total hours of my time across one-on-ones, group, and a course element as well. Um, but there's no guarantee you're going to do. You, you might not turn up to any of the calls. You know, you, mm-hmm. you might once. And then i've got to give you all your money back or you might turn up to every call but not do anything yeah so it would have to have sort of an achievement a percentage achievement perhaps in the course or an attendance rate on the calls something like that um or you could depending on how you structure your program you would say that they have to achieve x y and z every single week or follow a weekly or a daily plan or a monthly objective that you set them um, and get them again this is this is about pushing back and like you say it's it's not being pushy but you're you, you saying to get these results you are going to have to tick these five boxes across three months these five boxes are going to have to be ticked you have to show up every day you have to do this attend the calls you know engage engage people to bring them to leads you have to run a paid social campaign whatever it is for you um are you confident that you can do that so it's, it's another way of you asking for you 10 out of 10.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like anything, I think anything that relies, any product or service that you're selling that relies on an input of effort on the client's end should not be guaranteed because you're not, you cannot, you personally cannot guarantee their effort. And if you Mm -hmm. can't guarantee your effort, it does not make sense to provide a guarantee. But if you can with a product, any, that's when the results you get your clients are a hundred percent reliant on the product or service you're providing itself separate from any client, any client, guarantees are the best, yeah. the best. Um, and I love it from that perspective. Cause it's great. you this, like when you're doing guarantee, dude, there's no risk like doing, providing guarantee. There is zero client risk there. They give you their money. Worst cases, they get it back. What have they lost? Nothing. Yeah. Um, I love guarantees when
0: they make sense yeah yeah for sure and someone mentioned before i think it was Sahan again um i think by putting a guarantee in place some people and the wrong type of person will be like right well i can do it all anyway and then use it as a scam basically and get my money 100%. back yeah so you do have to be wary of that. And that's why I think a lot of people in our space are hesitant of doing a service-based guarantee because you you take the investment up front um, and, you know, it's, it's a cash flow for your business. So you put it into your business or pay yourself or whatever you do. And then all of a sudden you've got to give that big amount of money back, uh, dude, so, so- I think. But the, the thing to worry about there isn't necessarily the fact of people that you will that will try and scam you. It's more the fact of how many people are going to sign up because the guarantee is in place anyway. So, as Sahan said, just be prepared for a five five percent of people to just be that type of scumbag who will do it anyway. I guess. And, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean yeah, you're going to up. Yeah,
1: and like a, gu- a guarantee is an easy way out. Some, not always, but if you're really good at sales and communication and communicating value, you don't have to rely on a guarantee. You can you can create a, you can create certainty. With your words like providing a guarantee just creates more certainty and sales is about certainty so if you just use your words and your sales skills to create certainty well that's another way of doing it where you don't have to rely on a guarantee um and that's what i found to to work as well so just be better be good at sales right never rely on a guarantee again there are products that do it like if you have the best product in the world um there are products that sell themselves again i don't love products though
0: right yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, bro well I've I've got to get my little girl to uh to bed ahead of uh, school tomorrow, man. So I wanna say thank you very much for jumping on. I know you're a busy guy. Um, but there's some real, real insight in there. And for anyone that didn't manage to catch it, um this will be available on Spotify and Apple Podcast in the next 48 hours or so so i'll put a story up and and you can share it to your audience as well man but i want to say thanks for the uh, thanks for the questions it was late i apologize yeah we're a little bit late um but that's all good um thank you very much guys for the questions jordan thank you very much for your time as well man i appreciate it and we'll catch up with you soon brother
1: take care man thanks chris <laughs>